Welcome to Radio ISO, the podcast for anyone out there in self-isolation who's really missing someone right now. It's a frightening time and we don't yet know how the next weeks will unfold. So during that period, this will be a place to tell your stories about the people you love and miss. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to my friend Corey, who's living in Canada and really missing his grandma, Myrtle. I love that name. But we're doing well. We're stuck in our little basement suite most of the day, and we try to go out to get some sort of semblance of real life. But uh, it's really creepy out on the streets. There's like no one. Yeah. So tell us where you are, because you're the first person we've had who's not in the UK. Uh, well, I am in Canada. I'm in Vancouver on the west coast. We uh, we started really clamping down on the self-isolation a couple weeks, maybe 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And uh, people, for the most part, have been taking it quite seriously. So I know my dad, for example, who lives in a smaller town in Canada, about uh, like a like an eight-hour drive away from here. It's kind of an old, old people's town. He's taking care of my grandma, who we're going to talk about. But um, he loves to go out shopping getting groceries every day he like for him it's impossible for him to get groceries like once a week and i'm Mm. like you gotta you you cannot just go out three times a day to get food for every meal (laughs) it's just not it's not safe for you and and for my grandma very unruly we've been chatting about this with a few different people and it's like that parents and grandparents generation like keeping them indoors is like hard a lot of the time they're constantly making a break to get outside why don't you tell me about your grandma so is this your dad's mother then yes that's my dad's mother uh her name is myrtle and she's known as myrtle the turtle uh forever uh myrtle is a fantastic name I know, right? It's one of those things you only hear in in novels yeah. or in, in uh, Harry Potter. Isn't there a Harry Potter character named Myrtle? Yeah, Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle, yeah. Um, yeah, my grandma is obsessed with turtles. Uh, she has a, a room dedicated to turtles mm. in her house. Living um, rooms? Tur- no, no, no. Like uh, stuffed dolls. Uh, soap soap bars uh, in the shape of turtles. Uh, she has this red wine from this winery that's called Turtle something. I think I gave her a, a Pokemon card once when I was into Pokemon of uh, that turtle looking Pokemon Squirtle. Um, so yeah, that's that's where her nickname comes from, Myrtle the Turtle. But yeah, she is um, she is gonna be. Uh, what year are we? 2020. She's going to be 87 in just under a month. Uh, she she lives in a tiny town called Trail. We used to spend the summers there growing up. Um, I grew up in France, but we used to go spend three months in Canada every year. I used to miss a month of school every year growing up. 
to go spend three months in Canada and, and be with my grandma. Uh, I, I don't know my, I never knew my grandfather. My dad's father passed away when my dad was 16. So she's kind of only been the, the only kind of grandparent on that side for a long time. And then both my grandparents in France passed away uh, about almost 10 years ago now. So she's mm-hmm. kind of been the only, only grandparent, but I was living in Europe and I, even here, I don't see her very often. So it's always a, an exciting moment to go back and, and see her, but it feels like with this thing, when you ask me to think about someone, I, you know, I don't even see her that often, even when there's no coronavirus. But I think what I was telling you is with these things, every time you see your grandparent, you wonder if it's going to be the last and it just takes this whole other dimension. Yeah. That's really kind of um, come into focus, I guess. He also um, has had a couple of leg amputations in the past year. I laugh because we have a great time talking about it. Um, But she, uh, when I saw her at New Year's, she had one leg. Now she has no legs. And, uh, but she is the most stubborn, independent woman in, in the world. And uh, she's going to be fitted with a, a prosthesis leg soon. But um, so my dad lives with her. He's moved back there and retired to kind of take care of her and stuff. And she's so stubborn, even with no legs. He found her, like she tries to get out of bed in the morning. At first she kept like falling to the ground, to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, now, but now she's, like showering and like making breakfast all on her own with no legs it's pretty impressive i gotta say she sounds very determined and and one of my questions was going to be if you were to describe her how what are her key qualities so i guess um that must be one of them yes determination a lot of independence she um after my grandfather died when my dad was very young she never remarried never never wanted to remarry. I think that was kind of a, you know, a a very difficult thing to happen, but she was, she was, I think I, these are things when you asked me to do this again, I was like, I, there are things I really don't know about my grandma, which is so strange when you have a good connection with someone, there's, there's like a whole past that you don't really know anything about, but she never really remarried anything. I think her independence was too strong. For that, she's lived in the same house all her life. Mm-hmm. Um, she refuses to go to a retirement home. She's very, very stubborn. I think I get that from that side of the family. <laughs> um, and but she's very, you know, caring and and loving. And she's she's two kids, and she's always done. I've, I I'm her only grandchild, so she's always been um, very generous with me and very caring with me growing up. And I think those are and very funny, like a huge sense of self-deprecation which I also think comes from that side of the family for me um not afraid to make fun of herself and to be made fun of especially with the whole leg fiasco the last couple of years it's been uh, <laughs> it's been very very interesting to to hear the humor that comes out and, and what was it like if you were the only grandchild growing up with her did you spend a lot of time with her when you were young yeah so 
every summer basically because I, I I lived in France till I was 14 and my dad was a, a professional athlete so we he had summers off so we would leave every year June July and August and spend the summer here in Canada and uh, 90% of that time was spent with my grandma um, I just remember one of the things I really remember we have two kind of big traditions is playing cards and playing for money cards for money which was a whole nother source of uh feud in our family and uh we played this uh this, this marble game i don't know how to explain it have you ever played the game sorry have you ever heard of that game i uh, don't think so i don't know if there's an equivalent in the uk it's like a you have like you have to go kind of around a board from one home to another home and you can like jump over people and like kill them and they go back to their initial spot or whatever but she would make her own boards with toilet seat covers and take old toilet seat covers and like drill holes in them for the marbles so we have a few um toilet seat marble games and those were wow. kind of the big memories going at a toilet seat with a drill. Yeah, yeah. Wooden toilet seat covers back in the day with a drill, <laughs> with paint, with the different colors for the different teams and stuff. And she would make those for people that would come over, friends of the family and stuff that used to play the game when they would come over and stuff. And sometimes she'd make them for them. She'd get a toilet seat and drill some holes in it i feel like we've really brushed over the fact that she has a room full of turtle paraphernalia like i really just took that in my stride and didn't question it at all <laughs> yeah please go question it well well i'll uh, just connect it with another thing that i i think about is that one of the things that i remember growing up lesser not as much when i was a teenager but when i was young she would make me a pinata homemade pinata for my birthday and they were often turtles well, on the turtles like what was in there aside from like <laughs> like soap figurines um i'm trying to think what else you could get i mean i suppose there's a whole world of stuff that i've probably not considered yeah uh lots of knit things she was a knitter but she would also collect like crocheted turtles turtle towels turtle um things you'd hang on on doors and stuff there's a lot of that kind of shit figurines of all kinds like crystal and wood and porcelain oh, yeah. and just you know a real plethora there's a word i didn't think i'd use this morning <laughs> i used to collect um those sort of crystal animals when i was a child like probably sort of nine years old and that was actually thinking about it a very geriatric thing for a child to do because it would be a sort of like family of tiny crystal ducks or something and i would just have it with mm. like i'd feel like bursting with pride to put it on the shelf and there is probably... there is something about you that doesn't surprise me about that <laughs> and every year i remember she'd make she she makes a lot of little towels and little dishcloths and things like that, socks and a lot of slippers. I had a lot of knitted slippers. But she'd make these little, it's hard to explain, they're little 
Hmm. How can I how can I say it vocally? They're like little figurine heads made out of knitting that you could like squeeze the two sides and their mouth would open. They'd be like little boxes that had the face of an animal or whatever. And you'd squeeze the sides and their mouth would open and she'd stick a chocolate in there. And once she made like 40 of them for my class in France and shipped them over, which is pretty impressive of all these different animals and stuff. And she put a chocolate in all of them. And then, um, yeah, she loved to make little things like that. That was her, that was her art form. I would, and I so would did say. you, did you, um, did you give all of those out to your yeah. friends at school? Yes. What are you trying to say? That I stole them and kept them for myself? <laughs> well, I was more sort of wondering what their reaction was. I wasn't suggesting you were like profiting on the side. Uh, they loved it. Yeah. They thought it was weird and awesome at the time. It, I think it's that it's that type of thing that parents aren't cool when you're younger, but grandparents are pretty cool. That's so true, actually. Kids. It sort of, yeah, kind of skips a generation. Like, if my, I mean, I would have died if either of my parents had, like, made something for me to take into class. <laughs> my grandfather in France was a resistance in the army during the Second World War, and I, I realized we never really ever talked about that growing up. And it was never something that I approached him to talk about. Maybe I wasn't interested, or maybe it wasn't because that wasn't what you did with grandparents was talk about the past. You just kind of went over to their house and they baked you something and then you played around with them and you'd see them at Christmas and then go home. And now there's all these things that I wish as I get older and my grandma in Canada is the last one left. I'm like, there's so many things I'd love to know more about her in terms mm. of her youth and and growing up and what it was like in a certain time in Canada and being a woman and all that. And I don't know if if that would be like an easy conversation for her to have. She's not against talking about feelings. It's not this thing where it's like this generation that doesn't share feelings or anything. She's very open about dying and things like that. But it's just a subject that's never really come up. And again, this whole quarantine thing is really made me think like wow this could be the last the last time I saw her could have been the last time I will see her and every time that happens you're like oh but what you know how do you make the most of the the remaining the re remaining encounters you have with them mm -hmm. with her I was gonna say how have you kind of been reckoning with that in your mind have you have you talked to her much since everything's been shut down like how are you guys communicating at the moment well the thing the interesting thing is I can't um really talk to her on the phone because I don't at this point um the second amputation has like gave her a new life which is amazing but ever since that first amputation with the stroke and stuff like I said her her speech isn't isn't best, so I could talk to her on the phone, but I wouldn't really understand any of the things she says to me in return. I'm hoping that this once this is all over, I'll get a chance to connect with her more. Mm. My dad lives with her, so he takes care of her. So that's kind of the news I get. And sometimes when we FaceTime, he'll put her on. And she recognizes mm. me and things like that. There's no problem there, but I think it just takes a lot of effort. And there is maybe 
you know, a few years in my teens where I may have taken that relationship for granted. And mm. it's not until she's become older and more fragile and getting closer to the end of her life that I've tried to really reconnect and yeah, be there and be supportive and, and also just let her know that, you know, I never stopped thinking about her. It's just that life takes you in a whole bunch of different ways. So now as I'm, as I'm older and, and she's getting older, I really feel like there are, yeah, there are still moments I'd like to share and I, I don't want to take that for, for granted. It's hard with family though, because I suppose you have these like, um, you have these innate ties to them. And I remember feeling with my grandparents, I, you know, that thing of they've been on my mind, I've been thinking about them and I haven't necessarily uh, called or written to them to say that, but I suppose because I know that to be true I sort of think well my feelings are there like my love is there but you you also do need to be calling them up and saying that but it's it's so common I'm sure for um teenagers to grow into young adults and then you know as you say life goes in a million different directions and it's really hard to be keeping in touch with everybody what did you say that she's lived in the same house sort of for for all of your life yeah for definitely all of my life for most of her life I would say for about 55 years out of her 80 how would yeah, you 50 or 60 years out of her 87 years or whatever how does um how does being in that house make you feel is it quite nostalgic if it's always been a part of your life it feels like uh it feels like a home it's it's a giant house in a tiny town with this beautiful garden with and growing up there were like flowers everywhere and like a vegetable garden and it's got this huge basement where my room was growing up in the summer and my room is still there it's a lot of storage space now but it just feels like coming home it's got this really old carpet on the floor, which is really gross, but it feels really comforting because you can walk barefoot and it's warm and it's always hot in there. The heat's always going. And I remember, yeah, in the summer, you'd spend so much time outside and there's like a little patio with like a TV and a fridge and a barbecue. It just feels like this, almost like this vacation. I think because I associate it so much with summer holiday. There's something about being able to really relax when I go there. Mm. And and it's it's definitely a family home. My my grandma and my aunt owned dogs their whole life and they're all buried in the backyard. And my dog passed away um well, a few years ago now and she's buried in the backyard as well. My dad mm. um wanted to bury her there with everyone else and there's like a plaque for her outside like it's very much um yeah like a family kind of haven I would I would say yeah I was just gonna say it feels uh r rare to me to um think of somebody living in a house for that long now and it's amazing to have that kind of permanence and feeling of 
something being so solid. Another question I was going to ask was whether you got anything from your relationship with her that you don't, is very particular to her that you don't feel like you get from anybody else. I mean, in a sense, she's my only grandparent left, so there's all those qualities, or I used to get those anyways from her, this kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain to put the right words. I would say a kind of friendship, this idea that it's it's like a an adult friendship. I I don't less so now, but when I was younger, I kind of felt that we would bake together and do things together, and without really having this totally open relationship, we didn't talk about everything. I didn't talk about you know. Uh, love life or things like that or my career choices with her but there was more of a friendship there than I I guess there are with my there is with my parents I don't I I have a lot of friends who say that they're like friends with their parents their mom is their best friend or their dad is their best friend and I just don't have that relationship with them My, my relationship with my parents is great but I wouldn't call it a friendship and I guess that is something probably that I had a little more with my grandma. And how does it make you feel being in her company? So if you imagine that you're in a room together playing cards, what's the overwhelming feeling for you? I think it's the same. This is going to sound so dumb, but I think it's the same as like the shaggy rug on the carpet. There's the sense of like... <laughs> Of, of of just calm and home hominess and and calm and just being able to like chill out and there's no other care in the world it's like a bit of a bubble I think we've all done a good job at that and I try to you know every time I'm there to to let her know that we're we're always here um and I just hope that that will continue for a, a little while longer what do you think if we if we all come through this um and you're able to see her again in a month or two what what do you think it would feel like i think a bit of a bit of relief um to 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 spend another to get a chance to spend a bit more time together and I think every mm-hmm. every time spent together just becomes a bit more a bit more precious uh, mm-hmm. as as the years go by. Yeah. If you'd like to come on and tell us about someone you're missing, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at radioisopod. 